welcome to 8Tracks, a podcast where we look at 8Tracks that all share a theme. As always, we want you to follow along with the playlist that's in the description of the YouTube video. You can either listen when we say listen to track one, or you can listen to it all before. We don't care, we just want you to have heard the tracks. This week's theme is Nostalgia.mp3, and as always, I'm joined by Katie. Hiya. How are you doing, doll? I'm okay. It's really, really warm, and I'm wearing a jumper, so I want to die. <laughs> 18 whole degrees. But apart from that, looking good. Feeling gorgeous. <laughs> it is really warm, and it's so warm. Like I don't know what's changed the past week because last week it was fine, but now it's just got to the point of like where I'm slowly kind of melting. It doesn't help that I don't I, know that I have the window shot for this podcast, so you just don't hear like folks screaming at each other in the street. But oh. like... Yeah, I've got the windows open because the only thing near me are deer. Yeah, yeah, they're not mating right now, so it's nice and quiet. Mm. But I went out to buy limes there because that's my life now. Like I just. I acquire ingredients throughout the week to make mojitos and then on a Friday I drink mojitos until I forget I'm not allowed to go outside. <laughs> and it's so humid. It's not even funny how humid it is. Oh, it is a bit rank. Hideous. So this week's theme is nostalgia.mp3. You might have heard me yes. say nostalgia.mp3. That's my kind of bullshit <laughs> part or way of saying songs that make you feel nostalgic. So each of these songs kind of mean something to us, and we've got wee stories connected to them and stuff, so we thought that might be quite fun. As always, give us a shout of what your picks are in the comments or on Twitter, if he's fancy it. Right, Katie, I think I'm first yes. this week. you're first this week, yeah. My first pick is From Out of Nowhere by Faith No More. Track one. One, two, three, four! <laughs> So that was From Out of Nowhere by Faith No More. Now, I fucking love that song. I don't know about you, Katie. What do you think of it? I don't mind it. I know you're mixed on Faith No More. I am. I don't have a problem with Faith No More. I just have a slight issue with the fact that you would 100% leave me for Mike Payton. He is, as Morrissey would say, a handsome devil. You are in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> He's like an insane frontman. He's just one of the best vocalists I've ever encountered. He's an incredible vocalist. Like, it's mad what he can do with his voice. Why that track is nostalgic for me is it was one of the first tracks I saw live. Faith No More were the first Mm -hmm. band that weren't kind of local or, you know, Battle of the Band style thing that I saw. Yeah. And that was at the Corn Exchange in Edinburgh, which is quite a small venue, but they squeezed like 3,500, 4,000 folk in it. And there's no ventilation. The place was like fucking sweat box. Very mm. much reminiscent of the fucking weather right now. <laughs> and yeah, it was like my first ever proper gig and it was Faith No More and it was the first gig they'd done post getting back together apart from mm-hmm. download so they'd just done download before this so everybody was like really excited because it was a lot of people's first chance to go see them who were mm. like into them or you know been 15 years or so since before that and they were just fucking incredible live so they opened with right. a cover of the midnight cowboy theme which mm-hmm. seems like a weird choice and that gig was a weird one but then mm-hmm. they launched straight into from out of nowhere and right. I subsequently lost everyone I was with because it was just fucking wild. The crowd was yeah. absolutely fucking roaring at that gig. And yeah, if you're watching the YouTube playlist, I've got a video of the Midnight Cowboy into From Out of Nowhere. So you can actually mm-hmm. see the moment where I lose everybody I'm with. And I'm <laughs> very much alone at my first proper gig, sweating my arse off. There was a point later on in that show where I went and got a pint of water from the bar and just poured it over my head. Because <laughs> it was that fucking warm. Was um, that the one where you threw up in the bin? 
No, no, no. I threw I at the end of Midlife Crisis, um, which was mm-hmm. like only like three tracks after this. The heat was that bad that I went to the bathroom and threw up. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was an incredible show. It was one of the best gigs I've ever been to. And it, uh-huh. you know, it helps it was my first, but like even so, I've seen them again after and they are just yeah. mental live. Yeah. Like you saw them there in the live video there with the air raid siren, like absolutely hyping folk up, mm. fucking screaming. I think that song is just such a good opener as well. Yeah. It's an absolute burst of energy. Mm. Yeah, it's just fucking wild and that whole where show, do you even buy an air raid siren though i don't know i mean like they were doing weird shit for the whole show like they at the end of midlife crisis instead of like the build you know it builds in midlife crisis and then mm-hmm. like, for the final chorus instead of playing the final chorus they just started playing the eastenders theme song beautiful and then when the crowd had been faked out and whistled along to the end bit they launched into the fucking final chorus it was incredible mm-hmm. they played charities of fire it was such a strange mm-hmm. gig they were just fucking wild live so, Katie, you like Angel Dust by Faith No More. Yes, I do. That is my favourite Faith No More album. It's also my favourite Faith No More album. I think yes. it's a fairly safe bet to say that's the I, best I think album. So. Like, yeah. This is from The Real Thing, which means that, like, so Mike Patton joined right at the end of the process of writing The Real Thing. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have much of an input on writing any of the tracks on it. It was just his vocal yeah. lines. So it is probably the least Patton-y of kind of mm-hmm. Faith No More tracks, but I still really like it. Yeah, it's not my favourite because I, like, I think probably, like, my favourite Faith No More song is RV. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a strange song. I love it, though. I really love that song. I love that song so much. I can't tell you how often I put that on on the way to work. Belt <laughs> along to it. Sat in the car go, I hate you. <laughs> Dark you do matter. He's even doing a fucking weird voice in that song. Yeah, he is. Faith No More, very special band. Like Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, what are your feelings on the real thing then? I wouldn't say it's my favourite, but I've never really given it a proper listen. I think it's a decent album, and I, I think From Out of Nowhere is probably my favourite track off it. Right, okay. Well, you must have been absolutely ecstatic to hear this then. Live. Yeah, yeah, especially at the time. Well, I was just pleased to hear fucking anything by them live. Yeah. So it was like yeah. one of these things that I never thought I'd get the chance. I mean, I think before they reunited and stuff, it was a big mm. surprise they reunited, because like, that's not a joke. Mike Pan's a fucking dick love them. yeah <laughs> but there was like when epic was in the rock band soundtrack uh-huh. mike Patton went this is the closest thing that anyone's getting to a faith no more reunion <laughs> and that was only <laughs> that was only two years before this like yeah. <laughs> it was like you know faith no more uh, they just bring me back like I've, I've been into them since i was 11 years old and mm-hmm. lots of different memories surrounding them so much fucking one of the reasons I failed Advanced Higher English is because oh. I'm not good at writing stories, right? I'm I'm trained to be a journalist. That's what I'm good at. <laughs> and instead of being allowed to write discursive shit, I was told to write fiction. So oh. I wrote a story that where I just stole lots of Faith No More lyrics. And, <laughs> <laughs> and just, they were just, it was just badly, like with zero context, like a story about a guy being murdered. And then okay. fucking Faith No More lyrics throughout it. I, I really like and then it just the conclusion is be aggressive be aggressive be ag etc no i actually i actually think i use stuff from rv like no joke like, oh. <laughs> i think like, i have like i think of a memory of it like the guy walking in the street and screaming i hate you i'm talking to myself <laughs> 
So yeah, I'm oh, a... that's so like edgy, thirteen-year-old. I know. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fucking nerd. The thing is, I was seventeen and just couldn't think of anything to write. The other story I wrote was a story where I ripped off Narnia, but the magical world was inside a water cooler, and they got sucked into a water cooler. Beautiful. <laughs> Deserved that D very much. So that's great, Jamie. I'm I'm proud of you. Mm. Mm. But if you ever get the chance to see Fifth and More, they're incredible. Saw them a couple years later again in London, and that was just a fucking smashing gig as well. They are <laughs> just mad live, and sadly their tour just got cancelled because of all this COVID shit. But you know, mm. when their tickets go on sale again, and they will grab them because they are the best band I've seen live, no mm. doubt. Any well, last words on Fifth and More, Katie? Yeah, good. I should probably talk about the track a bit more. <laughs> uh, it's just great faith in the war, like full of energy. The synthesizer's fantastic. It's got a good Jim Martin guitar line. Yeah, it's just pre Mike Patton era faith in the war at the top of their game. Yeah. I'll stop ranting. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. You like faith no more. We know. We yes, I love faith no more. So Katie, would you like to introduce your first pick? I would love to. You know how your pick was like really hyper specific to one very specific situation? Yes. Well, my first pick is Agadoo by Black Lace. <laughs> oh, crazy. Black that was Black Lace with Agadoo. What an anthem. Oh, my God. Like, I have a very ironic love affair with that stupid song how dare you insinuate that that track is less than professorly <laughs> i don't know jamie <laughs> w- what does push pineapple shake the tree mean what doesn't it mean is what i want to pineapples know. grow in the ground he just wants to push the pineapple and shake the tree like yes fucking yes uh, the video for that is smashing oh it's incredible fucking it's incredible. banana playing a sax Yes. Is, is it a trumpet? No, it's a trumpet. The banana trumpet. plays a trumpet. Banana plays yeah. a trumpet. Fucking that bright orange guitar. The hideous shirts. Love it. The woman dresses a oh. pineapple. The coconut on drums. Love it. Love it. The coconut trying to flip the drumstick and then it just falls away and he's like drumming with one hand because it's like, what can you do now? He's a coconut. He can't bend over. Coconuts don't have knees. <laughs> he's fucked. He's fucked it. <laughs> he's fucked it. He's fucked it. But yeah, love that. So why did you pick Horrible it? Horrible song. Right, because it, it gives me the biggest nostalgia for primary school. Actually, same. Right, this is a weird question. Did you choose to have to listen to this in PE? That's why it makes me nostalgic. Yeah, it was like... Yeah, we had to do Agadoo in PE. We had to do was, Superman Yeah, yeah, well. yeah, same, same. The birdie yep. song. Uh, the birdie, yep. All black lace, incidentally. Uh. <laughs> I just, I have this awful memory of me and my sannies in the dusty PE hall in Lindsay Moss Primary School, right. RIP, doing fucking Agadoo and just like looking around me and being like, what the fuck is happening? Because I, mean, like, I was maybe like eight or nine at the time and I'm like, what is ha- How can this possibly be classed as physical education? Like, that was every fucking primary school in Scotland, though, I think. Yeah. Because it happened at uh, Terra Bank as well, where I went, yeah. which like just in your fucking. You're sick, gym. I was talking about gym rubbers the other day. I for- fucking forgot about gym rubbers. Did your gym school, rubbers. Did your school have that? So what's a gym rubber? So we weren't allowed to wear branded trainers. Oh right, okay. In our school, I think it was like so nobody got like bullied for clothes or that. But we had Aye, to wear these. They like, had two stripes instead of three. Right. So we had to like wear Clark's gym rubbers specifically. Do you mean Sani's? Aye, they're called rubbers for you. 
okay, well, in Glasgow we call them sand shoes. <laughs> there we go. That's cultural yeah. distancing, bridging the gap of the central belt. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, it's jumping about I to the best. I love that. Yeah, and, uh, I like. I love it. We had this like mental fucking old woman teacher who had like shock white like perm. Uh-huh. And like, oh, like a like, not even a perm, like a mullety kind of like long white mullet called Miss mm. White, who would make us like dance to this, and specifically Flash Gordon by Queen, and every time uh-huh. they said Flash, we had to uh, freeze in shape, and that was somehow yes, that was somehow that as well. This oh. must have been a curriculum thing. This must have been on like the the Scottish curriculum because <laughs> I, I just believe... remember having to do flash, pose, and then yeah. I get back on with it. It's fucking wild that part of the Scottish curriculum for keeping young people fit was pretending to brush your teeth while black lace uh-huh. played. Like, it taught us all what a macho man really was. <laughs> but, right, just, like, I've never looked up Agadoo because sometimes I get drunk on, like, a weekday and it's, like, three in the morning and I'm listening to Agadoo, right? Mm. But I've never looked it up. I found out some of the most incredible stuff about both Black Lace and the song Agadoo. Oh yeah, Spell. So Black Lace originally started, they were a Eurovision entry. Doesn't surprise me, this does like fill me with Eurovision vibes. But they came seventh. Who beat them? That was, uh, it was in 1979 and Israel won that year. What song though? Is it famous? The one that Israel did. Mm. No, absolutely not. How did Black Lace <laughs> lose? I don't know, but... We came, we, the United Kingdom, Britain came seventh, which is probably, yeah, rule Britannia, etc. That's probably the best that Britain has done in some years. Understandably. Wait, did we win after that? I can't remember when the yeah, last time we won. Yeah, I think we won after that. Was. I think it was in the mid We probably did. Yeah, we probably did. And the year Ava um, wasn't there. Well, Lulu was in it, was she not? Was she not in Eurovision? She was highly successful. I'm going to be honest, my Eurovision history is not as good as yours, so... Bucks is. Yeah. When were they? Don't remember. Regardless. But, wait for this one. So, mm. Agadoo was also voted the worst song in pop history. It was considered... Little harsh. So, <laughs> little harsh. It went on to be the be- the eighth best-selling single of 1984 in the UK, despite not being included on the playlist for Radio 1, because it was not considered a credible song, right? Fucking hell. So, the DJs at Radio 1 were like... This is pish. This song sucks exponentially, but the British public were like, wait, wait, this wait, wait, sucks wait. exponentially and we love it. So they chose to play Patsy Kenzie's fucking band with uh-huh. uh, I'm, was it I'm Not Scared? Yes. And they, and they so. said that was credible over fucking Agadoo. Uh-huh. No thank you. Uh-huh. I know. It spent 30 weeks in the top 75 in the UK singles charts, despite the fact that it was never on Radio 1, which was, like, a big deal. But Uh, here's my next favourite thing, right? So, Dean Michael Bettridge, right, who was in Agadoo, who was in A Black Lace, excuse me. So is he the one that looks like Rod Stewart, or is he the one with the orange guitar? He wasn't either of those ones. He was in Black Lace later. He was in the band between 1987 (laughs) and 1991. It's like Leonard Skinner. It's like the third guitarist replacement. Jamie, Jamie, there's there's iterations of Black Lace. Oh my fucking word. Because they're still going. uh, They are, but there's original Black Lace now, and then there's like Black Lace. (laughs) Like Black Mace. Uh. Yeah, like Black Bass. I was going to say, don't replace the second word with an F. Oh no. <laughs> that would be a bad but, time. <laughs> but, right, so this guy Dean Michael, right, mm. he went to prison 
because he fraudulently claimed £25,000 in benefits, right? Holy shit. They found out who he was in the prison and made him march around the wing singing Agadoo. <laughs> they made him march around and sing fucking Superman and oh, Agadoo and all sorts of things. That sounds like he got it harder than fucking pedos get it in the jail. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> At least pedos just get murdered. <laughs> He's forced to sing this guy fucking Agadoo. Agadoo for ten weeks. I was only ten and weeks. I thought you were going to say like ten years. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. He served. He served ten weeks of a six-month sentence. <laughs> the guards right? saw him having to sing fucking Agadoo every day, and we're like, "Nah, we need to get him out of here because yeah. it's driving us all mad." Yeah, they were, The guards were like, "Just put him on a tag and send him out because he can't do Agadoo one more time." Like, He'll kill himself. No, we'll kill him because we're sick of hearing the <laughs> fucking Agadoo. <laughs> but right, okay, so this is an NME and they're quoting the sun, right? So Incredible sources right there. Incredible sources. Found the inmate's request to be quite odd, but these terrifying criminals tell you to do something and you just do it. Yeah. So we had a, a conga of convicts snaking round the jail. They all seemed to find it hilarious and everyone joined in. It lifted the gloom somewhat. All the murderers and drug dealers wanted to be my mates. Fucking yaks. King of the prison. <laughs> the boy for fucking can black imagine, lace. Can you imagine going to prison and somebody's like, oh, so what are you in here for? It's like, oh, benefit fraud. Hold on a minute. You sound a bit... Were you, were you in black lace? Do I gotta do? And that's all you hear for ten weeks. Do I gotta do? Fucking hell. I love that. I love that. So, nostalgic favourite right there, Black Lace. Love it. Love it. I think that's enough about fucking <laughs> <laughs> the fascinating criminal history of Black Lace. <laughs> Next up is my pick, and it is Our Friends Electric by Chuboy Army. Brackets. It's Gary Newman's band. Track three. You're listening to your old dad radio. And that was Our Friends Electric by Chubby Army. You've no idea, like, my mum and dad listened to Heart uh, 70s in the kitchen. Oh, wait, wait, so and... is that the one with Matt Berry doing it as well? No, you're thinking of Absolute. 80s, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. thinking of Absolute, Matt Berry does these things on Absolute. Absolute just... Radio 80s. This is just, um, yeah, this is Heart Radio, and that song is on Heart Radio all the time. And I am yet to get sick of it because, That's because it's probably one of the best songs ever written. Exactly what I was about to say. That is one of my favourite songs ever fucking written. It's genius. The theming in it is brilliant. You can fucking loneliness aches through that song, even on the instrumentation. Um, I like Gary Newman. I like Gary Newman, d- despite <laughs> Gary Newman. <laughs> I like Gary Newman. Right, caveat, I like Gary Newman's music. Yeah, yeah. And his... I like Gary Newman's early music. Yeah, yeah. His new stuff is not my favourite. When he went new metal, I kind of went off him a bit. Yes. And that song gives like a real glimpse into how he lives with autism. And it's mm. just fucking heartbreaking. And it, it is yeah. it's powerful. It is like, it's him describing how he lives with that. Yeah, I think it's a really great description of how Gary Newman interacts with the world. I'm fairly sure he lives with Asperger's syndrome. Oh. Um, yeah, no, it's on the autistic spectrum. And if I remember correctly, he wasn't diagnosed until he was an adult. The... So I guess like that, like if this song's describing his learning through social experiences, that would yeah, be absolutely. if you didn't know you had Asperger's. Like even in the instrumentation as well as the lyrics, it feels mm. lonely. It feels 
and it's maybe it feels cause... quite alien, doesn't it? Yeah, it's maybe because it's so electronic as well. It's all synthesizers, yeah. and it's all. But the way that builds as well, that little sequence, and like it, it's very mechanically put together as well. It's like mm. sequence one, sequence two, back into sequence one, and then it'll build into like a final crescendo sequence. Yeah. And the way that like the start of guitar kicks in underneath, like it's never the lead instrument, but it's there to just really embellish the synth lines. It's mm. just oh incredible. The first time I properly experienced the song, um, I'd moved to Glasgow and I was broke as fuck and you know surviving more than living really and it wasn't really doing very much but i lived in mary hill and there was a chippy like two doors down downstairs from me so i went down and it was a really nice day it, it was like roasting outside and it was like a really nice golden light to the air i don't know why mm. and then i went in there and they were blaring this and i got I got a chippy and it was just it was just this like moment where I felt happy for the first time in quite a long time. It was bizarre, mm. but it really touched me standing in the queue in a chippy with uh, our friend's electric blaring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it... like I I feel you though because this this probably would have been one of my picks as well because my dad and I have really similar taste in music, mm-hmm. but we don't often get along particularly well. But like sometimes there'll just be songs where the two of us just like really connect over them yeah and he's always loved gary newman always loved gary newman and tube Boy army as well and this is his favorite this is his favorite gary newman song mm. and it's one of mine as well and you know it really evokes a lot of positive memories between like me and my dad and like going on drives and stuff and him playing this song and yeah i i really like it too and i love gary newman like apropos of that so yeah I, yeah, I just think it stood the test of time. I mean, this song's 41 years old now. I simply cannot believe that to be the case. And it was still... It sounds like it was written yesterday. And, like, there was, like, a trend in the early 2000s of sampling Gary Newman tracks. I mean, like, oh, yeah. you could hear it in fucking Where's Your Head At by Basement Tracks. Mm-hmm. And, um, obviously, the best was in... Yeah, what's that Sugar Babe song? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. Sorry, the one that's in Where, Where's Your Head At is M.E., and then a lot of bands were covering Gary Newman as well. Like yeah. Nine Inch Nails had did the cover of Metal. Gary Newman has absolutely stood the test of time. He's an amazing musician. And yeah, the way he looks and the way he writes is so unbelievably unique that yeah, it, you know, it, there's no one who could you couldn't recreate him. No, Cars is a fucking bot. Absolute tune. Oh my god. Anyway, I think that's enough waxing lyrically about are you sure because i can keep going Shibway army slash gary newman <laughs> katie what you got next well jamie my next pick thanks for asking it's time to begin count it in five six seven eight five steps <laughs> So that was five, six, seven, eight by steps. Yes, it's it's an absolute bop. That I think you've School done it. School scores primary six and seven. I think that song. Oh, yes. I like listening to it there. That's like a good representation of the cheesy pop at the time, and I do love a oh, bit yeah. of fucking late nineties, early two thousands cheese. Like, I still remember the dance. When we watched that, you were like, "I remember the dance." I was like, "So do I." But apparently, <laughs> looking at the video, they fucking barely remember the dance. They are <laughs> for the whole first <laughs> bit. They are <laughs> struggling to do that. So, steps trivia. Mm-hmm. Ian Watkins is not the paedophile. 
that's the guy from Last Prophet. Oh, right, right. So there's a guy in Steps called Ian Watkins as well. Did you not know this? Is that yes, H? There's a guy- yeah, H in Steps. Right, okay. I know H his. Stan- I just know him as his one fucking liar no. name. No, his right name's Ian Watkins, not a paedophile. That's, that right? was a really clever, like, and for- forward-thinking branding decision to change his name before that guy got ousted as a pedo. Well, do you know what H stands for, Jamie? What? Hyperactive. Oh, my God. Like, and he's the campest man I've ever seen. <laughs> As well, I absolutely love yeah. H. He's so much fun. I love H from Steps. Steps I are love just him. fun, though. Like, let's be They're honest. So much fun. And I do think that track's a really good, like, representation of all the pop. It's about like, because the guitar sounds like the little weird kind of like muted little distorted bits to boost the track. Mm-hmm. It sounds like something you'd hear in Rednecks. Yeah. And the fucking bad white rapping is very of the time as oh, well. Love it. Do I think of what other love songs it. like our school disco classics? Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton Eye Joe, of course. Fucking the Macarena. Reach by S Club Seven. Reach, oh, love it. The Ketchup song. Yeah, I, sorry, um, I, I, that's actually lost ketchup. Excuse me, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> that <laughs> oh, Pizza Hut, uh, Pizza Hut, oh, yeah. Pizza Hut, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and a Pizza Hut, McDonald's, McDonald's. I would kill for a McDonald's. Fuck me. A uh, fucking weirdly at my school, uh, Girls and Boys by Blur. <laughs> Which oh is, yeah, uh huh. It's a good song. Every single one of these songs makes me think of see right hyper specific memory. Mm. See the lighting rig that yes. every school disco had because it's the same guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. it's just one guy called Barry who travels all around Scotland doing every school disco, and uh, with the exact same rig. And he's got that shitty wee microphone, and he looks like a taxi driver, and he just exclusively says, "Come on." Come on, boys up for this one. Oh, I love it. I love it. The... And you'd ask me for a request, but you'd go over and be like, Give me, do you have a oh, fuck this joke because I've can't think of a single song? <laughs> well, I'll give you I'll feed you one, right. The one I was thinking of, which I only remembered like a month ago, was that track that's just hey, hey, baby. Ooh. Ah. Oh yes. Fuck yeah. Or number I'm... number five. Yeah, yeah. Or fucking oh, living lovey to look at. Anyway, this is all just bullshit. Only 90 kids remember. Only 90s kids remember. <laughs> Only 90 kids. 90, <laughs> 90 children. children across the central belt of Scotland. Did not have their memories wiped. <laughs> Men in black style. Of Cotton Eye <laughs> I think most people wish they had had their memories wiped with Cotton Eye Joe and replaced no, with a pop, old pop and an oak. Um, I love it. Popping an oak, popping an oak. That's the same song with different lyrics. It pretty much it's is. The same music. It's the exact same music. But steps, right? That's got like a banging synth line. It's got bad white rapping. It's got a country yeah. vibe. What the fuck's going yeah. on? Did they have a TV show, or was that just S Club? S Club had a TV show. I don't think Steps did, but I'm not entirely sure. Right, right. I've got, a, I've got a question. This isn't to do mm. with Steps. This is to do with S Club Seven. Sorry. Go for it. Yeah. Were S Club a UK thing? Yes. But the TV show was set in America. Uh, but it was them trying to break America. That's what the TV show was. And people in America know who they are. That's because Reach for the Stars is a bop that transcends, like, you know... Borders. Borders. <laughs> I think some of them are Australian. Is, is Rachel Stevens not Australian? I remember oh, I've that. Got no fucking, I've got no clue. S-Clubs haven't got me my Christmas number one, but I don't know anything about them. Hmm. Steps was one of the first singles I ever bought. Tragedy. Oh, really? Tragedy was one oh. of the first singles I ever bought. Again, another school disco eternal bot. I still know the dance to that as well. 
still, yep, and you still always get yourself a wee giggle when you sing Tragedy, when your pants fall down and your bum's all brown. <laughs> that is a heartbreaking situation. Uh-huh, like, it's happened to all of us and we all know that pain. Speak for yourself. It's happened to me and I know that pain. <laughs> I know. Like, you know, when you think of nostalgia, especially for our childhoods, like, collectively, as people who were kind of young in the late 90s, mm. you can't really fucking miss steps. Yeah, you can't. You really can't. Just so great. So great. Steptacular. <laughs> what an album. Okay, I-, I thought that was just you. I didn't even know that was what the album was called. I thought that was just oh, no. you coining a new phrase to say how good they were. And I was just no, like... no, that that was me saying the album's name as opposed to just being like, they're Steptacular. So swiftly moving on from Katie outing herself as a Step Super fan. It's my I'm next sorry, pick. F Club 7 for Life. F Club 7 for Life, get what? It's my next pick. And that is Smell Your Dig by Risky. <laughs> that was the anthem of the people. Smell Your Dick by Risky. Can I smell your dick? It's, right, that track is fucking terrible, but I am obsessed with it. <laughs> For a while, the reason why it's my pick for this week was mm-hmm. every single night, and I, I kid you not, for two years or so, maybe more than that, like maybe three or four years, every single night I was hanging out with my pals who I live with, we would end up putting that on and singing every single fucking word of that song. And I still know every word. When we were listening to that right there, I was spitting the fucking verses, even you though I've not heard it for like a fucking year or three now. <laughs> It's so fucking dumb. I love it. I love it so much. The, the fucking chorus is so sincere. And she's asking to smell his dick. She does. She wants to smell his dick. <laughs> it's so... Like, it's really important to her. Like, yeah, it was just, like, one that was played non-stop for quite a while. <laughs> and, you know, it was funny. We'd put that on and there'd be, like, four of us singing every single fucking word of that. And <laughs> if there was something new at the circle, they would just be looking at us like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, because I remember the first time you played me, Smell Your Duck. Yeah. <laughs> How did that go? Not great, Jamie. Not great. <laughs> hey. It's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, like, you get it now, right? Yeah, I get it now. Because, like, you know, at first it seems absolutely abhorrent. Like, it's a track about, like, a guy cheating on his woman. And, like, the woman, like, threatened to kill him, yeah. But then the song ends instead of being about, like, the woman taking revenge. Just being like, if you talk to me like this again, I'll hit you. Which is fucking terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see the point of it. It's, like, such a, like, fucking late 2000s, early 2010s hip-hop track. It really is. The fucking basic piano and underbeat to some fucking lines like Dirty Foot Bitches. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about the fucking club as well. I fucking love it. It's just terrific. Good stuff. Have you got anything to say about it? I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Katie, for your, your words of wisdom there. Smell your dick by Risky. Love it. Big fan of it. I've not even mentioned the thing I'm most obsessed with. What's that, Jamie? In the music video, Mm -hmm. the guy's fucking Snickers jacket. Now, I didn't notice that. I didn't even notice that. I didn't notice that for like the first three or five times, but I've seen it so many times. I love his fucking Snickers jacket. Incredible. It's the best thing I've ever seen, apart from one day I was on the bus. And this old woman came on and she had a bright red Marlboro fucking oh. running jackets on. Oh. 
I was like, love yes. That. Love that. For some reason, brands no, of like cigarettes or like fast food on fucking sports jackets, I just think are hilarious. And I love Oh my them. god, like, what is it that the, the Marlboro, the oh, Marlboro yeah, yeah. game here? The is fr- it the game here? It's the Atari Lynx. That's it. The Marlboro Red that. Atari Lynx. I want that. It's in a museum, so I'll really have to important. rob it for it. That, that's fine. That's fine. I will go full Nicolas Cage. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. It's worth it. It's worth it for that. It's so worth it. Piece of history. Smell your dick. Give that an R listen if you didn't like it's it. It's a surprisingly good song. You listen to it, and like the whole first time you listen to it, you're like, this is terrible. This is, you know, ugh, ugh, so sexist. It's so fucking stupid. And then, like, the hook gets in your head. You'll find it yourself, does. if you haven't heard this before, you'll find yourself singing it tomorrow. I promise you. You will. I promise you. You'll be sitting doing it's- the dishes, going, Why are you coming home? Five in the morning. But it's up there. Like, the. And um, oh my God, what's that? The no matter what I do, oh, all I think it's um, dilemma by uh, Kelly Rowland. Oh, Thank sorry, you. Nelly Feet Kelly. Get that the right way. Nelly right. Feet Kelly, yeah. love it. But see when she's like in that music video, like trying to text on her sidekick on Excel. Yeah, yeah, like, it's that. Like it's it's the same level as that. Yes. I would say it's better, but you know I do love Dilemma as well. I yeah, that's an incredible song. I have a real nostalgia thing for that era of music and that specific that. era of hip hop. I'm not I've never been big into like Jay Z to be honest, or mm-hmm. like yeah, I don't mind Kanye but I can take or leave him. But that kind of shit. Yeah. From that era. So good. So, so good. good. Anthem of the people. Workers anthem. Love that. Smell your dick. <laughs> right, I think that's enough about that. What's your next pick? I think I think we've smelled enough of your dick, Jamie. Really? It's just getting started. I'm playing it again. <laughs> the next pick is Spell Your Dick by Risky. <laughs> well, my next pick is Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. So, Sledgehammer, Peter Gabriel. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a great song. It's uh, about his dick. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. About his dick. Yeah. Incredible. Every single lyric is just a double entendre about his penis. Like, I'll be honest, right? I have no nostalgia for this track whatsoever. I came to it super recently. Oh, yeah. And even then, it's like not one I ever would choose to listen to, but I wouldn't turn it mm-hmm. off if it was on, if you know what I mean. Okay, right. But for some reason, it just doesn't click with me. No, that's that's totally understandable. Like, the nostalgia I have for it is because... So, when I was a little girl, I used to... We used to watch Top of the Pops. Me and my mum and my dad used to watch it together. And I think this was on, like, Top of the Pops or something like that. It'd probably be Top of the Pops too, wouldn't it? Probably, yeah, because it was released in 86 and I wasn't born until 92. No, you were born in 1979, right? Oof. Oh, that hurt. (laughs) But yeah, so we would watch a lot of music TV because my mum and dad are both really, really into music. And I loved this song when I was a little girl. Mm. Loved it. I used to call it the Bankar song <laughs> because in the video, you remember the bit where, yeah, he's hit by the two dodgems? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was why I called it the Bankar song Dead when I was little. My mum and dad will always bring this up 
But like if it comes on the radio, they'll be like, okay, oh, it's the Vanguard song. And I'm like, huh, yeah, I was too. I don't remember, but sure, it's Vanguard song. Yeah, this is Patrick, I can be in on. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was there, but I wasn't like there, there. You know what I mean? I was there, but I wasn't. So, yeah, I wasn't present for your moment. <laughs> yeah, like I just genuinely do. I love this song. It's um, an absolute fucking bop, and the oh, video it's a great is great. Song. Like, and the music video was done by Ardman Animation. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was done by Ardman Animation and the, cheese, um, the Key Brothers. Like, that's who did the stop motion and the claymation and all that stuff. Mm. That was Ardman, which is why it looks so good. Sadly, no penguin with a rubber glove on its head. Tragic, tragic, I know. But yeah, I, I love that song. And it reminds me of my mom and dad. And it reminds my mom and dad of me being silly. Like, the over, I love Jeff Buckley. Mm-hmm. And Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley is not one of my favourite songs, but mm-hmm. I am very nostalgic for it because when my sister was a little girl, she read that she, my dad had one of these like compilation CDs and Jeff Buckley's version of Hallelujah was on it. Yeah. And Sarah read it out as Halle Hoodja. Halle Hoodja. Halle Hoodja. So Halle Hoodja. Like, <laughs> so like, I'm very fond of that song when I'm mm-hmm. thinking of my sister, but yeah it's it's one of those ones you know it's what I funny mean? how like you can get connections to people for songs that you don't really, yeah not necessarily like in that case the series one like you don't even really remember the song yeah yeah because my mum used to sing me to sleep with show me the way to go home because apparently it was the only thing that would make you sleep that would make me sleep when i was wee oh. and i like i have no idea the like lyrics of that song apart from show me the way to go home and i'm tired and i want to go to bed tired and i want to go to bed yeah it's weird how like we can form connections that early on yeah totally yeah and music. like I said, like my parents my, and I have always like connected through music. So hmm. when I got a record player when I was 18, they got all their old vinyl down from the attic. Mm-hmm. And like one of my absolute happiest memories is the three of us sitting on my bedroom floor and them going through the albums and be like, you have to listen to this. And them telling me stories about because my dad used to collect records like he never went to gigs. He never spent money on anything else. He had his motorbike. And he bought special editions of Mm. vinyl. That's what he spent all his money on. So I have some really, really cool records that my dad gave me Mm. and entrusted to me. And even looking at my record collection now, it's like, you know that feeling that you are the best and the worst parts of your parent? Yeah, yeah. Well, like my vinyl collection is the best and the worst parts of my parents. (laughs) And then my worst bits thrown in. And then a lot of Nine Inch Nails. Hey, there's some of my influence there too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a Faith No More record. (laughs) Yeah, that one we talked about earlier. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those songs that I think about a lot when I'm thinking about my mum and dad. Because it's just a very positive memory of the three of us. Even though I don't necessarily have that memory. Hmm. It's their memory that they've kind of imparted on me. But it makes me happy that I'm involved. Yeah. That's why I like Sledgehammer. Bang in tune. Yes. In tune. <laughs> right. My last pick is Heaven and Hell by Churches. <laughs> That was Heaven Slash Hell by Churches from the album Love Is Dead. Yes. I had a real hard time picking one track off that album because that entire album's fucking great. 
but we landed on this. Tell them why you picked it though, Jamie. <laughs> so I have a very specific <laughs> memory with this song. So we were on a trip over to Ireland. So after flying there, we were driving from Dublin to Killarney. Killarney. Um, to a wedding that we just found out we hadn't been invited to the ceremony of. Yeah. So <laughs> like, uh, the, there was lots and lots of twists and turns in that trip and lots of inter-family stuff going on and it was it was a very fucking stressful trip and first couple of days in dublin we had some very high ups and some very fucking despairing downs yeah, if i'm being honest really, one yeah. getting stuck we had this rental car that didn't have like fucking proper insurance on it well it had like <laughs> third-party insurance but we couldn't dunt the car off anything and we ended up following apple maps down a back street which was like i don't know if you know rose street in edinburgh it was like that kind of narrow and all the curbs were about a foot high and like Katie, I was accidentally not a foot off the ground. No, and like we were getting like rolling up to it, where we'd put in the destination for a car park, and it, it was like to reach your destination, get out the car and walk. And I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's taking us a pedestrian area. So we yeah, had to... and so we drove, we drove up the street, and there was this Irish guy shouting at me, "You can't go any further. It's a pedestrian walkway," and I'm just screaming. <laughs> I'm turning <laughs> as I'm in floods of tears trying to turn the car. Like a 97 point turn and we ended up parking in this really fucking dodgy car park. And dodgy, dodgy car park. Oh my god. But yeah, we, we made it out unscathed. But like, yeah. That... The, whole, the car was on my credit card though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, like, it was... it was a Nissan Micra. It was a Nissan. And I drive a Mini Cooper and I love my car. My car goes like the clappers. This Nissan Micra. I would put my foot through the floor and it would not do any more than about 80 kilometres an hour, which was great for not getting a speeding ticket, but terrible when you were trying to drive for in one day from Dublin to Kerry, which is where Killarney is. Like, how how right long was the drive again? Ireland, it was a seven and a half hour drive. <laughs> so we obviously needed music and keep us going. We desperately needed music. And this album kind of proved to be the kind of album we just listened to again and again on the trip yeah. there and back. And we did have like a really good time in Ireland as well. Like we really enjoyed our time in Dublin when we went back yeah. after the wedding and well, there was moments of just like marvelling at how beautiful that country is. Oh yeah, um, like totally gorgeous. We had the best time. We went to a museum that had a U2 room. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think we've spoken about before. Yeah, yeah, with my picture of Bono. Like the countryside in Killarney was just gorgeous and Yeah. Like the some of the shops and the food we ate, oh, it was just great. It was. And we got donuts delivered to the flat we were staying in from Deliveroo. That was incredible. But anyway, back to the music. You don't want to talk about the Deliveroo donut? <laughs> I just think we ranted it off about our holiday in Ireland. Yeah, so I think this track kind of, you know, being heaven slash hell symbolised our trip quite well. And the chorus, like, it's soaring and, like, it's a different step for churches to take. And they've obviously taken inspiration from a lot of dancier stuff and a lot of club songs. But the chorus is just cathartic. Yeah, totally. And, you know, that we can raise our glasses dancing on the ashes as it burns. And I was so angry for bits of that all day. And I was just fucking screaming along to that as we power down these fucking, like, hundred mile stretches of motorway yeah not no. doing the speed limit because the car couldn't no 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 your foot <laughs> was through the floor i we would have been better in the flintstones car i know i probably would have been better fucking walking if i'm being honest aye uh, it was it was a bizarre trip but... <laughs> that was such a bizarre trip we had a good time <laughs> churches always kind of managed to hit the nail on the head like in terms of what they're putting out 
and this is a great evolution of their last two albums. Yeah. Because it still has like the synth poppiness, but it's moving beyond that into like a the, the time twenty eighteen sound. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like we saw them as well, and like this track also brings back memories to that gig, and we saw them the night with Franz Ferdinand and the Killers at Transmit. Transmit. Back when Transmit was not fucking shite, and. Mm. Yeah, they were just incredible live. They are fantastic. Again, if you get the chance to yeah, go, see really them, go see them, because they are just yeah. so much fun live. I actually don't think I realised until I saw them how much I like churches. I was the same. Because like, like, we saw them, and I realised, oh, fuck, I know every single word. Like, basically yeah. every song they played, and I was just like, holy shit, <laughs> I'm really into them. But yeah, I think their music is just like a powerfully joyous thing. Mm. It just brings me back up. Yeah, totally. I agree. It's weird to get nostalgic for a time that was only two years ago and quite hellish, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we look back on it fondly as our relationship managed to stand the test of Ireland. Well, I I don't even know if I see it like that. I see it as we made the best of a bad situation and we made it into something that we enjoyed. No, totally, because our time in Dublin was absolutely incredible. We had some of the best ramen we've ever eaten in Dublin. It was just, it was so much fun just walking about. So much fun. Yeah, we had a great time in Dublin. Anyway. Yes. And I'm trying to think about a holiday we had. Yes. Katie. <laughs> Katie, we've been uh-huh. locked in the house for fucking a month and a half now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Katie, what's your last pick? It's uh, Baker Street, Jamie. Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty. <laughs> That was Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty. That's probably one of the best songs ever written. Smooth shit. It's so good. A it's, song, it's fucking good. A song that survived Rick and Morty. Wait, what? It's in Rick and Morty. All the oh, time. how awful. Really, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's survived despite being in that show. Oh, Jesus. I'm fairly sure. I, I think he makes several Baker Street references at one point. Oh, God. I haven't seen that show in years. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, no, it's an absolute belter. Sexy Saxman's back. <laughs> so it's from the album City to City, right? Is that, is that City, home. then the number two city? No, it's City, the word two city. That that kind of lets me down. I wanted it to be kind of urban. It was released in 1978, Jamie. I mean, he could, he's ahead of the curve. Rafferty was from Paisley. He's never met urban in his life. <laughs> okay. Paisley's the urban centre of the Western Hemisphere. We both know that's not true. And he's only Paisley's second favourite, Jerry. Okay, he's Paisley's favourite Jerry, because the other is Jerry McCann. True, true. <laughs> that, that album's amazing. Have you ever listened to City to City? No, 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 I haven't, actually. Okay, so it's got Baker Street, it's got Right Down the Line, title track, it's got Whatever's Written in Your Heart, it's got Matty's Rag, it's got Waiting for the Day, every single one of them, banger. Banger. Absolute fucking banger. And it is as well, it is, yeah. like, undeniable. That song comes oh, on your late. Holy fuck, yes. It's time for a sax solo. That fucking video. And then the video, in it. Uh, sorry, that, that video in the YouTube one where it's just like pictures of random people playing the saxophone. Yeah, and then a naked woman with a trumpet. And you're like, fuck yeah, that's what Jerry Rafferty would have wanted. Sorry, you were saying about a guitar solo. The guitar solo is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's good shit. That's it's, all I wanted to say. It's just fucking great shit. Yeah, it is. So I picked it mm. um, because it reminds me of my granddad. And it, so my mum's dad, my granda Ewer, it makes me think of him. Yeah, he was basically the best man who ever lived. Move over, Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> Sorry, Dalai Lama, but Devi Ewer, 
aka Young Rex, aka Simply, is probably the greatest man who's ever lived. Right. He didn't cure cancer and he didn't invent Listerine. He just liked Jerry Rafferty quite a lot. He loved Jerry Rafferty and he drew really good seagulls. Do you want, um, do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I know what that is, but the listeners don't see my yeah, <laughs> Instead I, um... of just ending it there. <laughs> When I was in secondary school, I got really upset because I got a. I was apparently like academically good at art, and I drew a portrait of myself for my higher art, and it got a B, and I'd been predicted an A, and I was so fucking upset. Thought the world was gonna end basically. Hmm. So I come home with this massive portrait of my big stupid face, and I go to like my granda's house. And it was just him in the house. And I came through the door and just burst into tears. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what's wrong? Like, what's the matter? What's up? And I told him, like, you know, got a B, was predicted an A. I'm devastated. And he took the portrait off me and went, yeah, I uh, I can see what's wrong with it. Hang on a minute. And then he took a pencil and started to draw little McDonald's M's all over the portrait. And I was like, what are you doing? You're destroying it. He's like, no, no, no. Seagulls. For I've made it better. And I was like, you fucking ruined it, but you've made me laugh. So that's okay. Good man. So, yeah, he, he was amazing. He was just the funniest man. Mm. He used to work in the shipyards and he worked with Billy Connolly. Mm. And uh, Billy Connolly would come in and play his fucking banjo and he hated it. And they all, like, everyone in the shipyard nominated my granda to tell Billy Connolly to shut up. And he had to go over to Billy Connolly like, in the lunch hall and be like, can you please stop playing that banjo? Because we're going to ram it over your fucking head. Hmm. And he was just, he was really, really funny. He loved pints of 70 shilling. And As all older Scottish up, men do. <laughs> yeah, he exclusively wore two stripe gutties from Sports Direct, which he tippex the stripes out of. <laughs> I don't know why. He just did. He wore a ranger's chain. Yeah, he was my hero. He was absolutely just the best man in the whole universe. Mm. He didn't like anything but British foods. He would go on holiday and ask where he could just get chips. <laughs> like, it didn't matter where he went, chips. And, yeah, he died seven or eight years ago. Mm. And I miss him all the time. But when I listen to Jerry Rafferty, I don't feel like he's been gone quite as long as he has. Yeah. So that's depressing. <laughs> I mean, it's nice. Love music, that about me. But that's part of nostalgia and music too. It can take yeah, us back to times right. that, like you know, a lot of the time nostalgia can leave you a bit melancholy because it reminds you of better times or worse yeah. times and how we've grown from them and how the music kind of helped us through harder times. Yeah, totally. Not to sound like... too much like a fucking Fraser Crane style uh, Listen, podcast psychiatrist. Mm-mm. Love Fraser Crane. We stand Fraser Crane in this household. Right. Um, uh, I don't. I don't agree do. with that. No. We do. I don't. I don't stand sex addict Kelsey Grammer in this household. No, I didn't say Kelsey Grammer. I said Fraser Crane. Get over yourself. No. Um. Every time I watch Fraser now, I look at it through the lens of him as a sex addict. Yeah, but he has a tattoo that says "Property of Katie" above his penis, which I think is really funny. Oh man, big weird <laughs> fucking Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Yeah. What one did he play yeah. in Animal Farm again? He was in Animal Farm. Yeah, have you not seen the like uh, live action Animal Farm? No, it's not live no. action. The animated Animal what, Farm. What was he dressed as a pig? No, you know Animal Farm, right? Yeah, of course not I know Animal, Animal Farm. 
He plays one of the pegs, yeah. I can't remember which one. Yeah. That's why I asked if he was dressed as a peg. No, it's just, I think it's animated. Okay, alright, okay. But yeah, Kelsey Grammer is one of them. Well, that's just beautiful, honestly. Hmm. But yeah, I love how, you know, like when somebody passes away, it's obviously like hideous and tragic. But hmm. if you've got these really simple things like music that can bring them back for even just like a couple of minutes. Yeah. And make them feel like you never really lost them. Yeah, that's really important. That's really important to me. Um, yeah. Debbie Downer over here. No, so, it's fine. I think we all have tracks like that. I have one that I can't... Yeah. Um, when my grandma died, um, I was listening to Marty Bond by Arctic Monkeys quite a lot, and that track yeah. always reminds me of her. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all have tracks that can take us to these kind of places. Yeah, totally. And that's like, just as important as tracks that make you happy. Oh, no, for sure. Like, sometimes, like, if I really miss them, I'll just put on city to city from like track one to track 12 and just sit in the kitchen and bake something Mm. because yeah it's a nice way to remember them it is yeah i do something that makes me happy and i think about my granda because you always have that kind of like oh i wonder if they'd be proud of me i wonder if they'd like who Mm. i am you know emotional breakdown at points yeah and i feel like if i do things like that i'm being something he would be proud of yeah oh this got sad. <laughs> well, on that note, that's the end of this week's yes. eight tracks. We're going to do these a bit more often. End it here before she cries. <laughs> we're going to do these a wee bit more often because we're both furloughed and, you know, yes. we have, we're doing quite a lot, but this, you know, gives us something to do. And um, I have so much more depression to pass around. Woo-woo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to so kind of counter this, and like unintentionally, of course, we've discussed this earlier, but... Next week's topic is songs that give you energy. Now that can be make you happy, make you hype to go out and do something. Songs you listen to before you go exercise or before you go perform or before you go do what you got to do. Songs... Or songs that you play before you have to walk into like your boss's office yeah. and tell them that they fucked up a project. Yeah, songs that give you energy, like positive or like just the fuel you need to get through it. Yes. Um, so yeah, as always, let us know what you would pick on Twitter or in the comments. Got yeah. to do this bit. This is called driving social engagement, guys. <laughs> oh. We it's stand a, a marketing genius. We stand a person who studied journalism. <laughs> but that's all. So thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, folks. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Tell your family that you love them. 